When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $15.99. Save $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. We didn't have a full or a forced lockdown, but we have many changes, a large number of changes in the Swedish society. You could go out the streets in, in the capital, you didn't meet almost anyone. Things were changed, but not in a forced way. I think that was the difference. That was Lena Hallengren, Sweden's Minister for Health and Social Affairs. When coronavirus arrived in the country of just over 10 million back in January, Sweden took a different approach than most other countries. No mandated lockdowns. Few schools and businesses actually closed. No masks. And they haven't made any additional policies since the early days of the pandemic. The government issued guidelines, largely about distancing and handwashing. And it was advice the Swedish people took seriously. Now, it is true the country has one of the highest death rates per capita in the world, just behind the United States. However, the vast majority of those deaths have been in those over 70 years old, which many have attributed to the mismanagement of care homes for the elderly early on in the pandemic. Now, Sweden is seeing relatively low case numbers and very few deaths. And still, they have never mandated a lockdown. So what is actually happening in Sweden? And would their response work in other countries? I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta. CNN's chief medical correspondent. And this is Coronavirus, Fact versus Fiction. Sweden's a very different culture from the US or the UK. And I, you know, when you first fly in there, it looks like life is normal because the shops are open and people aren't wearing masks. But I'm half Swedish and I went to see some of my cousins there and they said, it does look like that to you, but actually for us, It's very different. I spoke to CNN anchor and correspondent Max Foster, who's been reporting on the ground in Sweden. He says that when it comes to Sweden's more relaxed approach, many have wondered whether the country is trying to achieve herd immunity through natural infection. Just a quick word about herd immunity. That's when the majority of the population, 70 to 90 percent, develops resistance to the virus. You can achieve that herd immunity through a vaccine or you can achieve it by having many people become exposed to the virus in the first place. That second approach is pretty controversial because it would require so many people to become infected. And on top of that, we still don't know for certain whether or not someone who becomes infected with this virus won't get it again. I asked Max if he had any sense that herd immunity through natural infection was the main reason Sweden never had a lockdown. I don't think it was, actually, speaking to the people that I've spoken to, although there is a separate conversation about herd immunity now taking place with hindsight. So certainly some of the public health experts I spoke to there are looking at the statistics now and wondering whether or not there is some herd immunity building up and they're researching it. But if you speak to government ministers, they are not factoring that into any sort of policy until they know it's there. So we keep talking about Sweden's 
death rate being so much higher than other Scandinavian countries, which is true, but they would now attribute that to the elderly. And they're trying to look at what's happening in the rest of the population and whether or not herd immunity built up there. How would you sort of characterize Sweden's response then as compared to neighboring countries? So they didn't have a full lockdown. They didn't have a mandated lockdown. After the SARS outbreak, Sweden um, actually developed a response to a future virus pandemic, and they simply put that into place. And what the government did was put out guidelines immediately, and they were about social distancing and they were about hand washing. They were the two main elements. And they said, do this. And the Swedish culture is such that they do it. You know, you have, you know, they guide people to have the flu vaccine every year, and more than 90% of people do. That's just a unique thing about a Swedish culture. Uh, they also said, if you get symptoms, then go home and isolate. And they do that, but that's backed up by a welfare and a health system, a universal health system and a universal welfare system where actually you can just go home, get sick pay without going through all the rigmarole that we do in the US or the UK. So uh, all of this plays in. So they're able to tell people to just go home and they'll do it, but they'll also have the network there and the support network there in, in order to be able to do it. But also, when, you know, it's not a touchy-feely culture either. You know, people don't touch in the same way. So ultimately, it could just come down to the fact that it wasn't being transferred between people as much in Sweden. You know, it's interesting, by the way, my, my wife is also Swedish, um, but her family has been here for many generations. I'm, I'm Indian, and, and Indians typically are known to be very affectionate people. I think it's because you have a billion and a half people in a small space. You're constantly touching up against one another. But her family actually sort of, uh, you know, was the hugging family at, at our wedding and things like that. And it still makes for some funny stories. You know, uh, I guess part of that is just how you adopt the culture of, of wherever you're living. There's this cartoon that went viral in Sweden, which I think says so much about their response, which is a bus stop before and after the pandemic with people lined up with large gaps between them. And it basically, before and after, is exactly the same. <laughs> That's interesting. In, in Sweden, there was no mask mandate. What, what is the attitude towards masks in Sweden, do you think? They feel like many, like the UK, like other countries in Europe felt at the beginning of this pandemic, that they are a superficial band-aid and that they're not the solution. And they do accept, they're not saying that they're not a solution at all because they're very much part of PPE in care homes and in hospitals. But they feel that they do more harm than good. And it comes from the false sense of security. So they feel that by not wearing a mask, people would be more cautious. So I guess in the airline situation, it would be, you know, if I'm sitting on a row of seats and I'm very close to other people, I'd probably be a bit more cautious to stay away from them if I wasn't wearing a mask. That's their view, and you just don't see many masks. You know, it's become a, it's a public messaging thing as much as anything else. What's important? And I think there are countries where people are being given too many messages, and they just don't know what to go with. I think that Sweden's just prioritised those messages, which is social distancing, washing your hands. So when it comes to masks, they really are in lockstep on this? Because, you know, the reason I ask, as you well know, Max, here in the United States there are these significant divisions that have developed. So public health officials, for example, who work outside the federal government have been um, very adamant about 
the idea of wearing masks. They say, hey, look, it decreases transmission sixfold. Here are the studies. Where I am in Georgia, um, we people really aren't wearing masks that much in many places. If I wear a mask, I even feel like I get funny looks for wearing a mask sometimes. Like, that's the mask-wearing guy, you know? Almost, uh, maybe it's, it's more the political sense. But you're saying over there, people generally have the same point of view, whether you're a part of the government or not. Yes, and this is something which, uh, Iceland is probably the best example of this, but the, when I interviewed the Prime Minister of Iceland, she said from the very beginning, they decided to take politics out of this. And in Iceland, she doesn't appear and no politicians appear at the daily briefings. It's the, it's the Fauci of Iceland that leads things there and the, and the police and the emergency services. And in Sweden, you will see the health minister at these briefings, but it's led by the Fauci of Sweden. So they deliberately left politics out of this. So it hasn't become political. I think that is the reason, the difference that you're seeing, certainly between the US and uh, Scandinavia. So they see it as a public health issue, not a political issue, and all the political parties have been staying out of it, basically, even if they disagree. And actually, if you want to wear a mask in Sweden or um, Reykjavik, you know, somewhere in Iceland or Norway, I think the assumption would be that you've got an underlying health issue, not that you're taking a view on the mask. Is there still a level of concern about a, uh, another wave in Sweden? I mean, do they, do they look at this as if it's in the rearview mirror now, or are they still vigilant about the possibility there could be resurgences? No, very vigilant. When I was there last week, um, they, were, um, they held a, a press conference with a, a public health body saying, uh, we are preparing for outbreaks in the fall. They aren't expecting a second wave, but they are looking at local outbreaks. And the big test, of course, for Sweden will be whether or not there are more outbreaks, because if there aren't outbreaks and there are elsewhere, then there's something about that system that does work. But they're not being complacent at all. And they're not looking at immunity in government circles yet. They're, they're waiting for the experts to come to them with that information. When you travel to, to Sweden, did you was there required testing for you to come in or did you get tested ahead of time on your own? What is their attitude toward testing there? They weren't testing, um, and they are relying on people to go home and isolate if they get symptoms, and then they can get a test. But again, it's led by uh, the public, and they respond to the public as opposed to telling people to have tests. Down to the pragmatism, they feel that you know the US and the UK might be relying on tests too much because they are so often wrong, particularly these rapid tests. You know, again, just because Sweden is often held up as a model, uh, you know, around the world of one way to have approached things, uh, to, to sort of summarize, it, it wasn't that they pursued a herd immunity sort of uh, strategy, even though that was some of the headlines that people read even going back to March and April. That wasn't the plan. But they didn't institute a nationwide lockdown. Shops, for the most part, stayed open. Restaurants, uh, there was not mandated masks. Schools, for the most part, stayed open. But there were these physical distancing measures that were enhanced in a country where people tended to keep their distance a bit more than, than others anyway. Hand hygiene, things like that became uh, perhaps more important than, than in the past. And people generally abided by these things. That's what you'd sort of point to for what seems to be, at least at this point, Sweden's success? I think um, personal responsibility and responding to your own personal situation in a responsible way and then getting the support of the public bodies when you did that, which was backed up by a system of trust in public bodies and government, 
and not mandating a one-size-fits-all policy to everyone, knowing that that's unrealistic, and they will look at systems that we've put into place in the UK and the US and say it's completely illogical. But you know that's a cultural response to a pandemic, and I think it's very specific to Sweden. You know, as we try to figure out what strategies are working around the world, it's important to remember that we are still talking about a disease that didn't even exist a year ago. We're learning more about how it works and how to fight it every single day. And what works in one country might not work somewhere else. Again, as Max said, there are many other factors, cultural behaviors, trust in government, availability of healthcare and other social services that make certain policies possible in one place, but not in another. One thing we can't do is rush to conclusions about what's working, especially about something like herd immunity through natural infection, which would expose millions more to this virus and lead to many more deaths. We do need to look at the data and constantly learn from others all over the world. After all, we're all in this together. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening. We all do things our own way. And since the way that each of us sleeps is unique, you need a bed that fits you just the right way. Sleep Number smart beds make your sleep experience as individual as you are, using cutting-edge technology to give you effortless, high-quality sleep every night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $15.99. Save $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.